This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Did you see um, we got an email from a listener named Jennifer who, who let us know that I can't believe it's not butter is not zero calories? I did. Yes. The whole, I mean, it's so shady. They do the one spray is the serving size so they can say it's zero calories. Right. But it's actually like six sprays have five calories. So that's we, not bad. Uh, we need to do a public service announcement and let everyone know. Yes. I have to say, I'll probably still use it on my popcorn. So will I. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in LA slash Minnesota, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. So we've often talked about one of our favorite mottos, volunteers, not recruits. Today, we're going to talk about being a volunteer. Then in The Craft and Fane, we talk about how to get more out of your notes sessions. In Hits and Bombs, Sarah gives me a big hit. I'm excited for that. <laughs> and finally, this week's Hollywood hack will help improve the look of your pants. But first, we have an update. Sarah, I am back from my whirlwind location scouting trip to Puerto Rico, where we're going to shoot a reboot of Fantasy Island for Fox. Oh my God, Liz. I have to say... I was both jealous of you that you got to just be out for a minute, but also so just like that was an intense trip and all like the masks and the COVID protocols. And I, I was like jealous and felt sorry for you at the same time. Yeah, I have to say Puerto Rico and our production in particular, very strict about COVID protocols. So that's great. The challenge is wearing a mask, and you have to wear either an N95 or two regular masks. Uh-huh. Is in the tropics with the heat, is Ugh. that's a challenge. So yeah. that I think we're going to have to get used to on set. But I had a really great time. We have such a great team there. It was really weird to meet them in person when, like, I haven't <laughs> even met some of our writers in person. Yeah. Just a strange... It's a weird time. Reality. Yeah. But also I wanted to thank everyone because I did wear clothes that I bought and that were recommended by our listeners. And they were very weather appropriate, Puerto Rico weather appropriate. So um, thank you for that, everybody. Yeah, I was zooming in on the location scouts so I could see you. And it was like, oh, look, those are the pants that Liz got because so-and-so yes. said those were good <laughs> pants. And I was so funny. Yes. I am both dreading the heat, to be honest, and also really, really excited 
to be there and working and making the show. Yes, and we'll obviously be sharing a lot more about it um, when we're there. Okay, Sarah, it is time for From the Treadmill Desk of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. This week, it's be a volunteer, not a recruit. Yes. So we always talk about wanting volunteers, not recruits, when we're hiring. And this is something that's very present in our lives every single day right now. (laughs) You know, we really want to work with people who actively want to be there. Yes. But lately, we've been thinking about how we also want to be volunteers. So this applies to us as well. And I really focused on this before my trip to Puerto Rico. The trip came up very suddenly. It was quite overwhelming because, one, I hadn't traveled since 2019. Yeah. And, two, we had a ton of work we needed to do. Right. Initially, we thought that neither of us should make the trip. We said no. We were just like, no, sorry. We'll just have to Zoom everything. It can't be done because we're just too slammed with writing. But then they came back and they were like, no, really, we think it's important. And and it was important, I have to say. Yes. It was very important yes. that you go. Yeah. So being overwhelmed and I can, you know, get in my own head, get anxious, all of that. As I was prepping to go, and it was very quick prep, um, <laughs> I just told myself to be a volunteer. I knew the team there had been working insanely hard. I wanted them to know we appreciate what they're doing And also, I wanted to share my enthusiasm about Puerto Rico and being there. So I told myself, be that person who everyone feels is a volunteer. So I really brought my volunteer energy, and it made for an amazing work trip. And it was funny because I totally noticed on calls that you were being more enthusiastic than you usually are. Like, you're not generally a, like, sort of rah-rah cheerleader kind of person. Right. But... It's not my nature. No, exactly. But I could tell on the Zooms that you were really, like, just amping it up. Yeah. I just feel like everyone is just really working their asses off. Yeah. So let me just be as pleasant and fun and enthusiastic as I can possibly be. Hopefully, it was not to an annoying degree. Um, (laughs) Hopefully, it was a good thing. But I do think it makes everyone just feel good about what they're doing. And of course, it's true in television, um, but also in everything, personally and professionally. I just want to be a volunteer. Yes. So I am going to follow your enthusiastic volunteer lead. And we're going to keep up that volunteer energy through the next several months because they're going to be very challenging. We're going to be working a ton and we're going to be surrounded by people who are just working their asses off. So absolutely. Volunteer energy makes everyone feel better about the work. And it, <laughs> Liz, it makes it, dare we say, a fun job. That's right. A fun job that we enjoy. Yes. Coming up, we've got a craft and fame segment that will improve how you receive notes. But first, this break. Okay, Liz, it's time for our segment about the craft of writing, the craft and Fain, because writing is an art, but it's also a craft. And today we're going to talk about doing the note behind the note. Yes. So 
The biggest part of our job, well, probably the second biggest, is taking notes. Very often, if not always, after a notes call, writers will literally ask ourselves, okay, what's the note behind the note? Yes, because notes are often not what they seem to be. And figuring out the note behind the note is a very important skill that takes time to develop. So what does the note behind the note mean? And how do you figure this out? Yeah, and Sarah, to be clear, this does not apply to every note. Some notes are very clear and transparent, but some are like something is wrong and like the note giver doesn't know exactly how to put their finger on it. And so it's a note behind a note. Yes. So there are like three things to look out for. One is when the person, like you just said, when the person giving the note can't quite articulate it, when it's just sort of this loosey-goosey thing. Mm -hmm. And then another is when there's just sort of a general sense of dissatisfaction about some element of the script. It's like, I don't know, I just feel like this character isn't quite working or this emotion just isn't quite landing And then the other one, and this to me is really the one that like is the most glaring, is when a note is just totally crazy or out of left field. Whenever we get like a totally crazy note, I think, okay, there's something else going on here. Yes. Yeah. And it, it tends to mean there's just something is not coming through in the script. And often you have to look at the bigger picture not just the specific thing the note is about. So if someone doesn't like a particular scene, it could actually mean, oh, they don't like this character's whole motivation in the story. Right. For instance. Yes. Often it's a character thing. Sometimes the way that we will write a character can be misleading in a way that we don't intend. Like we'll put in something that makes someone think, oh, this character is incredibly self-involved. And it's like, well, if we took those three words out, you wouldn't think that way. And that's not at all kind of what we meant to do. So you have to kind of go, okay, where is that sense of dissatisfaction or misread coming from? And Sarah, one thing you can do that I find helpful if you feel like you're not understanding a note and there's a note behind the note is to ask the note giver to give you the bad version of what they think it should be. So this is not them actually pitching an idea, but like the realm of an idea which can highlight what they don't like about what you have. Yes. And the other thing we should say is it's not just executives and producers who will give notes on a script. Sometimes it's an actor who will come in and say, like, this uh, doesn't land for me for this reason. And in a weird way, that's almost trickier than when we get notes from executives and producers, because there's sort of a language gap, I think, between writers mm. and actors and how we talk about scripts. Well, also, a script is much more personal for an actor because they're doing the role. So I think that makes it more difficult, too. Yes, absolutely. So I think the approach with executives and producers is different than the approach with actors. I think with actors, it's really about just continuing to talk through it because it could be just a misinterpretation. It could be, again, just like a line or a word that is ill-placed, you know. And usually if you can get to the note behind the note, it will make the script better. It's funny, Sarah, because you and I recently got notes on a script And someone, I think my sister was saying, well, do you think you like the notes? Do you think they'll make it better? And I said, well, 
I think by the time we've done them, we'll feel they're good notes and the script is better. But, you know, I don't necessarily like them in the moment. But once we, like, absorb, think about the note behind the note, come up with our solutions, almost always we end up thinking the script is better after notes. So you kind of have to do a psychological analysis of the script and the person who gave the note, whether it's an actor, an executive, a writer, whoever it is. And it is a skill that develops over time, but being aware of it early in your career will help you through the notes process, which can be quite brutal. <laughs> yes, it can, as we have experienced many times. Okay, Liz, it is time now for me to give you an enormous hit. Okay, it's time for our hits and bombs segment because Hollywood is all about big hits and big bombs. But this week, Liz, it's just all about you and all about this big hit. No bombs, okay? Just a gigantic hit. Well, I'm very excited about this, Sarah. <laughs> okay. This makes my day. I know. I just get to talk about how awesome you are. Yes. Explain. <laughs> okay. So, you know, my long-term plan has always been to move to Ojai. I was thinking, oh, well, you know, when we retire someday, <laughs> a painfully long time from now, I'll move to Ojai. I'll spend half the year in Ojai, half the year in Minnesota. So then the pandemic happens, and it just made me start thinking about moving sooner, but, like, not in a real way, in a very kind of waffly way. And then <laughs> you said something that totally crystallized it. You said, I said, don't wait till you retire. And I had a reason for this, which is I said, now Violet's in school and the best way to make friends and build a community is to have your kid in school because it just makes you meet all these people and do all these things together. If you wait till you retire, there's not a natural entry point to meet people. But if you go now, your whole community will be there. And then when Violet goes off to school and to live her life, you'll already have this whole community. Yeah, and you also said that when she comes back, she'll be coming back home as opposed to just, you know, yes. this nice little town that we love, but isn't like where she has a community also. Yes, it'll give her roots. In her yes. Life. So I applied to a school in Ojai. I mean, <laughs> I thought, well, what the yeah. hell? Why not? <laughs> Um, that's a really good way to think about it. And I had not thought about it that way at all. So I applied to this amazing school in Ojai and went through the entire process remotely. And she got in. She she got into Yay, this. Yeah, she got into this wonderful school in Ojai. So I, I'm like, I have chills as I'm saying this. We're moving to Ojai. <laughs> It is our that's like our happy place for you and me. So you're like moving to the happy place. It's, I, I, it's out of body. I'm still completely like trying to process the whole thing. Sarah, you know, as we look at the pandemic, I mean, this is something that wouldn't have happened had there not been a pandemic. Absolutely not. I would have been kind of very much still deeply in the just, I mean, what my life was, that this is where I live and I drive 10 minutes to work. And, you know, it just wouldn't have seemed like a real option. But especially now that we're working remotely, and we've talked about this, about how, like, work just isn't going to go back to exactly the way it was. I think there will be right. more flexibility in where we are. 
But honestly, we have a friend who's a TV writer who's lived in Ojai for many years. It hasn't, you know, she just commutes when she has to commute and it's fine. And she was like, I know a great route. It's absolutely lovely. I don't mind it at all. It's not the 101. And the great thing is she said there's 80% less resistance in her daily life being in Ojai versus being in L.A. And I was like, oh, my God. I love that description. It's like there's just just not dealing with traffic, Sarah, is a life changer. I know, exactly. Anyway, so, Liz, this is a huge hit to you. Like, uh, you made a literally life-changing comment. I totally would not have applied to the school if you hadn't said that and framed it that way. You know, we talk about framing a lot. And as soon as you framed Mm, it in a way that appealed to my future self and to Violet's future self and made it this very practical thing of like, wait a minute, no, I want to have a community. I I don't want to just like move someplace (laughs) later. It, It made it not just seem possible, but smarter and the right thing to do to move now. So thank you, Liz. Well, you're welcome. And it's one of these examples of like, when you're ready, you know, to do something like you can hear what someone says. Like, I think, you know, had you not been ready for that, what I said wouldn't have even registered. It's just because you probably deep down were sort of feeling that yourself. And I crystallized it for you, which I'm very happy to have done. And I'm very happy to be someone who will be visiting you in (laughs) Ojai and like working there. Exactly. No, there's a reason that Gretchen calls you her sister, the sage. Oh, well, that's (laughs) nice. Meanwhile, Sarah, it's going to be insane. Oh my God. It's going to be absolute madness. The logistics. No, I'm... (laughs) I'm probably going to sell my house while we're in Puerto Rico. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where we're living when we get back. So, you know, but it's just things have fallen so beautifully into place kind of up until now that I'm assuming it will just the falling into place beautifully will continue to happen. And worst case scenario, there's always an Airbnb. Yes. <laughs> Next up, I've got a Hollywood hack uh, to improve the way your pants look. But first, this break. Okay, Liz, it is time for this week's Hollywood hack. Skims. So what are skims? Okay, Sarah, everyone knows that I am a fan of the Kardashians. This is a controversial point of view, but it's one I've taken. (laughs) Skims are sort of an underwear, loungewear, body shaping line that um, Kim Kardashian has started. That's thus the skims. Get it? Now, I had no intention of buying skims. Uh, It really wasn't on my (laughs) radar. But I have been searching for underwear that doesn't create lines like in my leggings or the many pants I bought for our um, time in Puerto Uh Rico. And people have written in about what to buy. But like, I didn't want Spanx or anything that was like a control top. Right. You know, because that's the last thing I need in the heat is to wear Spanx. Yes, that would be awful. Yeah. So I was looking around, probably as I was looking around, I then started getting ads for different (laughs) things because, you know, the internet pays attention. Um, And I saw skims and I looked them up and I'm like, oh my God, this is exactly what I have been looking for because they're kind of, they're boy shorts Mm. that just Take out, I hate the phrase panty lines, but I don't know what else to, to call it. <laughs> Take out panty lines. And I bought some. And unlike what people say about a lot of other brands, they don't roll. Like a lot of times the the bands roll, people yeah. say, and these do not. I have tried them out. 
So in case anyone's interested, I have the cotton jersey boy shorts and the fit everybody boy shorts. They're between $20 and $25. So it's not cheap, but also not outrageously expensive. And Sarah, I have more in my cart. I must say, I'm going to also buy the um, boxer style. (laughs) Now, I will say I did watch Kim developing these on the show. So that probably adds to my enjoyment, even though I wasn't planning to buy any. Now that I have bought them, I feel like I was part of the uh, startup process. So anyway, Skims... I think they're the answer I've been looking for. Well, Liz, you're going to have to report back after you've been wearing them for a while on the no roll thing, because if they continue to not roll, that is huge. That is key. Huge. Now, these, the ones I got, again, are not control top, but, you know, I don't need control top on this. Certainly not. Oh, my God. In like 95 (laughs) degrees. Certainly not. Or ever again in (laughs) my life. (laughs) Okay. That's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions and comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, king of remote recording. And thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing with Whole30's Melissa Urban, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Sfain and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Volunteer energy, Liz. Volunteer energy. That's right. That's my volunteer energy. From the Onward Project.